Hi and welcome to Arrow's coverage of Infosec 2019. We are once again asking the hard questions of our vendors, finding out what their priorities are into 2020 and how they intend to help our channel to develop to address the ever-changing security landscape. We hope you enjoy this series, and if so, please subscribe. Hi and welcome back. Uh, we are still at InfoSec 2019 and I am joined here now with someone from Trend. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you very much. So my name is Gavin Evans. I'm a partner SME at Trend Micro. Um, effectively, uh, my role at Trend is to, is to help uh, enable our partners and our customers with our solutions and help them understand what Trend actually do in the market. Fantastic. So that leads me on to a fantastic question. What do Trend actually do? So Trend traditionally, you know, we're over 30 years old. Um, we traditionally started in, in, in antivirus um, on, on endpoints. Uh, over those 30 years, we've, we've, we've transgressed a lot further than that now. So our, our main kind of uh, pull for customers now very much is around helping to secure digital transformation to the cloud. So those customers that are looking at Azure, AWS, Google Cloud Platform, platform um, to actually help them get to that space uh, in a secure manner as well, and also help them to secure it beyond that as well. Okay, fantastic. So obviously we all know Trend as that sort of prosumer brand and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've had to, I think we've had you guys on for the last four years we've been at InfoSec. Um, what's sort of been the progression? How have you seen the adoption to cloud grow um, over time, I mean, because obviously, I think <coughs> cloud's something that maybe four or five years ago, everyone was sort of aspirationally looking to the cloud. Where are where are you seeing? Where's your adoption today? Yeah, so we're, we're from our customers' perspective, we're seeing a whole range. So we've still got those customers that are very much from physical, physical looking to early adopters or early adopters to, to adopt as soon as possible, um, <laughs> but they, um, they're, they're, they're still sat on the physical side um, and they could, they could be public sector, government, etc. Um, but then we've got those customers that, that are really advanced and actually some are born in the cloud. So yeah. we, have, we have a whole range, a whole range of it. Um, but for our perspective, what we've seen is this explosion. So every, every conversation we have now has cloud in that element. So that's, that's, that's what's really key is uh, everyone's on that conversation. So and where's the, where is hybrid cloud in this? Because hybrid cloud is one of those things where I think we were predicting hybrid cloud would, would be the where a lot of people landed. But very few organizations had the ability to support as well in the on-prem, off-prem, and then also join up that sort of in the middle. Have you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what we have a lot of solutions at Trend, and we have solution families. And one of our solution families is hybrid cloud. Uh, for the reason being is that we absolutely understand that customers still need that physical presence and adoption to cloud and something in between as well. So uh, we effectively help them secure all of those environments within a sing single console for that to understand if a threat is coming through physically or through a cloud platform, we can see that together and correlate that information. And that's, that's really key because, for the, as mentioned earlier, you know, that those, those customers that are tran transforming from physical to cloud, um, they need to have visibility across all of it. So that's where the hybrid cloud is still very relevant. Um, we have customers that are looking to go cloud as much as possible, but are still gonna need an element of physical. Um, so I don't think that's ever gonna go away um, because that's just the nature of different environments that are out there. Yeah. So you said that you've got uh, the ability to sort of correlate and, and sort of bring together all those data points. Yeah. Um, Tell us a bit more about that. What's yeah, what's so um, if, you, if you go down to our stand at E60, you'll see uh, we have um, something called the R for Cybersecurity. Um, and effectively what that is, is when you look at 
all data points and all threats, it can be a bit of a confusion, or a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a chaos, right? Keep it ever so slightly more okay. pointed into you. Okay, sorry. So you can, <laughs> um, you can, you, uh, so um, in term in terms of uh, of data points, you can see, yep. um, you know, th th there's a kind of chaos from that. So after cybersecurity is effectively taking all those data points and making something a bit more correlated together. So what we yep. effectively do is we uh, we have a we have, we have a centralized platform for visibility that can. So you can you can correlate all that information, those data points, those threats that are coming in. So whether you see it on a server, an endpoint, a cloud environment, and network, um, we can help the customer to to bring that all together. So is that trend only data, or can you sort of leverage third party data? And we can leverage some third party data. Uh, essentially, we use our own data. Um, so it's proprietary sort of trend, sort of proprietary information. Correct. Yes, we 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 can also send that data out to third parties as well. So oh, actually okay. other third parties do use our intelligence feeds. Um, and that's, that's, that's via our platform and it can go into their own platform. So for example, a customer that might have Splunk, for example, um, they can feed the Trend Micro um, data feeds directly into that platform as well. And then how do you guys then provide like a level of automated sort of threat analysis inside of the platform? Is it, because I think the problem with the type of um, thing you're talking about is that the amount of data generated in a network today on an endpoint when you've got a moderate number of users, a moderate number of different devices, is that sort of that information can massively overload yeah. um, you know, any type of human being trying to look at it and, and make any sort of hind hair of, of what's going on. So, yeah. so what's the sort of, how do, you, how do you essentially elevate up what's important and what's not? Yeah, absolutely. So, so first and foremost, uh, our solutions are policy driven. So. Uh, there, there is an element of automation on, on the protection side. But when you've got customers that want to know what's happening as well and, and trying to understand, as you mentioned, you know, there's a mass of information there. So we have a few solutions that, um, that kind of coincide with each other. So the first one is, is EDR, so Endpoint Detection and Response, uh, which is very much those customers that have feet on the ground that can look at something, see the, see the threats and correlate it together. But we also have Managed Detection and Response. Uh, and, and, uh, and response, and that effectively is a managed service that we provide, so we can take that pain away and actually just give the customers the important threats that they're seeing. Okay, that's really cool. So, as far as um, being able to implement that, is this something that exists in the cloud on prem? Is it so a bit of both? Uh, so we uh, we we, are, we have a cloud first approach now of our solutions. So. Um, if you see any, any, any new solutions coming out, effectively we will release it as, as, as a SaaS version first. Uh, but we obviously also have on-prem as well, so you have yeah. the choice and the option. Um, our customers have the ability to have hybrid cloud deployments as well on that. So you could have potentially um, environment in the cloud, have, have an agent on that, on those environments, but also on-prem environments and correlate it all together in a centralized platform. Fantastic, and then so once you've actually um, deployed it, what are some of the solutions that you're seeing sort of built around your your platform? How are you seeing it being utilized? What are some of the use cases? Give us yeah, some examples. Yeah, so um, a good example would be um, customers that may be um, adopting Office 365, um, which is pretty much every customer at the moment. I was going to say, yeah, yeah it's, that's, a, that's it, a good it, example. It's, it's uh, you know, very, very relevant. Um, so we can help secure that, that, that environment even further. Obviously Microsoft provide their own security built in, but we have API integration. So if you have a platform as we do, protecting our servers and endpoints, 
we can also correlate that threat intelligence that we're seeing within Office 365. So potentially stuff that might get through um, a, a standardized um, threat protection like that Microsoft offer, we can actually create further protection around that by having cloud sandboxing. Um, and that information, when we see, see a suspicious object coming through on email, we can tell our centralized intelligence to say, right, we've seen this come through on email, look for it elsewhere in the environment as well. This is sort of next level from spam and things like that. Correct, yeah, and actually it's, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a phishing emails coming in. So, you know, if you, if you look at threats, it's like 90% plus of threats are coming in via phishing attacks, targeted yep. attacks. Um, but also, um, those attacks are getting more and more sophisticated. So they're using machine learning, for example, um, to, to have embedded in, into, those, into those emails that are coming in. So that intelligence is, is, is crucial to understand because you get those zero-day attacks that are coming in. We might first see them on, a, on an email, on an endpoint, via a USB device that's come in. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really relevant to be sharing that intelligence across the environment. So picking up on something you just mentioned there about machine learning and AI, yeah. and obviously we've spoken about it from, a, from the good side of the, the bed, but if we had to look and say, what's um, you know, the next level or the next generation of sort of autonomous intelligent threats and autonomous intelligent sort of attacks, how are you, how are you guys sort of protecting against um, you know, threats that don't really have signatures anymore? They don't have, they're not, you're not seeing the same thing yeah, as you said, targeted attack might look like for me it might look one way, for you it might look another. How on earth do you sort of fix? How do you take care of that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, trends research is we're, we're discovering over five hundred thousand new unique threats every day. A um, day. A day. Yeah. If you go back ten years ago, wow, you have about twenty-five thousand for the year. So it's it's crazy. Um, but those five hundred thousand new unique threats we're seeing every day, um, they could be the same threat, just slightly changed, and that's because of machine learning. So. Every security vendor now, or most security vendors now, are using machine learning to help detect threats. But the flip side of it is that malware the, the writers are using, are using machine, it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they're using it to evade techniques. So what we actually do is those evasion techniques, we try and pick up via machine learning. And that's done, um, it's a bit of a cat, cat and mouse game. It I always gonna, is. Yeah. It's all, I mean, it's always been a cat and mouse game, but now if when, we're talking, game. <laughs> when we're talking about cat and mouse where essentially they're automating the sort of because uh, so you know we, we've heard about these machine learning tools that understand sort of what you are and who you are and how you use your Correct. keyboard and and how you you know base level baselining your network activity and then if they see like a, a build a model of who you are and then if they see something over and above that then you know that's that's unusual behavior but the reality is isn't machine learning doing exactly the same thing um it's as in the attack sorry yeah um not necessarily, because they've written, they've written differently, right? So our machine learning, for example, our algorithms we use, they wouldn't have access to that. And actually what, what adds into our machine learning is our research at the back end. So we have something called ZDI, or uh, Zero Day Initiative. Um, and effectively what that is, is we work, we work with ZDI, and they're, they're part of Trend now. Um, and we use white hat researchers yeah. to go out and discover brand new vulnerabilities and threats. And when they discover these brand new vulnerabilities that have never been seen before, which could collate to becoming a zero day, mm -hmm. we take that intelligence and we put that into our solutions and we actually, with that intelligence, we can help to discover or predict the next threat. Yep. So when this, this malware writer comes along with machine learning, we may, well have, we may well have seen it. Of course, there's always an element that a zero day attack will happen um, and you know we don't see it. The, the fact is that no security vendor is 100% 
accurate at catching everything. But what it is is actually, if you see a zero day, how do you react to it and how do you contain it and respond? And then with the things like I mentioned earlier about that our uh, endpoint detection and managed detection response, we can then start to look at root cause analysis to see where a threat came in and to stop it happening yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, uh, looking at it from my amateur sort of view of, of the security world, I'd probably agree with you. It's, it's, it's going to be very much a, we're still, we're still going to have to assume breach. Yeah. And actually breach is now going to take on a slightly more, you know, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but a more aggressive stance because obviously we're going to have malware that could change itself and change what it looks like and imitate the, the user. Because I suppose you could see viruses that learn what you, how you use your computer and, and then essentially exfiltrate information Absolutely. to look like you, to, to avoid detection from algorithms going, right, let's try and sort of pick up what's not normal. Hold on, that's completely normal. Exactly. Because the malware's yeah. learned how you use your computer, how you send emails, how you put USB drives in or whatever you might do, and then essentially turn around and just imitate that so that the systems aren't triggered as to abnormal behavior. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, one more thing we're looking for is abnormal behavior, things like uh, multiple failed attempted logins, things like that, that could happen. Um, if, if something's been maliciously um, replicated to look like somebody else. We have oh, things yeah. like business email compromise as well. Um, What's that? So business email compromise effectively is when um, you have uh, phishing attacks that are coming in um, and somebody is being targeted to look like somebody else. So, oh. for example, if I had my email address uh, spoofed by somebody, yeah. pretend to be Gavin Evans, speaking to one of my colleagues, saying, oh, Gavin, can you send this information to me? And I do, or someone does because they think it's me. What we actually have is something like writing, called writing-style analysis. So we can actually start to look at how a, how a user writes emails. They may have spelling mistakes. They may have certain grammar techniques they use themselves. And it recognizes a user by how they write an email. So when a spoofed email or a phishing email comes in trying to be somebody else, um, it will recognize that that's not the usual writing style of that individual. So it's very clever kind of algorithms in the background of that, and machine learning that's as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's sort of taking user behavior analytics to the next level. Correct. Yeah, correct. I suppose that's where we need to be now, because obviously the hackers may turn around and actually develop their malware around user behavioral analytics correct. to almost be user behavioral viruses yes yeah 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 um and to say that there's that you still get traditional viruses coming in and that's what we get that's what you've got you still need the old antivirus traditional, traditional yeah. to still catch what you know it's about the unknown we're trying to catch yeah. um because the known is easy to find yeah no i, I must admit I know, seeing the level of um sophistication that some of these emails um come in with as you say with spoofed email addresses spoof phone numbers spoof yeah. uh, the, the unbelievable sort of amount of attack vectors that, that phishing attacks can take now and the reality the realism I was only seeing the other day um, there was a, an attack on a, on a, a financial fraudulent attack on a woman and I was reading it, I was, I was watching it on YouTube and I was thinking to myself I would have fallen for every for this yeah because I'm really paranoid when it comes to people phoning me up and I probably wouldn't have given them the details but Everything that she did, Googled the phone number, Googled the email address that it had come from, you know, to double check that everything looked legitimate on, on paper, went to the website that the link was on and, you know, it was almost a completely perfectly mocked up version of the bank's website with the bank's URL just, you know, and yeah. it's just like, 
you've seen, you've seen the media on adverts now. The banks themselves, they're very aware of this, right? You see yeah. the adverts uh, where they're saying, don't be caught by, by, by a cyber scam. Um, they have to. They have to. They have to try and defend their customers because the malware, the, the phishing emails, the spoofed emails are getting so realistic. Um, uh, and it's scary, you know. And it's, it's, in fact, it's... It's not. It used to be very much the older generation who maybe not used computers yeah, as yeah, much yeah. to get caught. It's actually the, the younger generation as well because they're so sophisticated attacks. And so it's, it's very easy to get caught now. No, that's yeah, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. But it's okay because trends got our back. Ex- absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Look, Gavin, really appreciate you coming. In no today. problem at all. Thank you. Thank you very much, and we shall. Uh, yeah, we'll catch Excellent. you soon. Perfect. Cheers. Thank Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Please come back again next week for the next instalment of our exciting coverage from InfoSec 2019. See you then.